what excuse me what we need to do to function in the the fruit of the spirit you know a lot of people operating in the gifts of the spirit but you know what the gifts and calling are without repentance it's the fruit of the spirit that's going to cause you to be judged and and get help you with your rewards when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ not the gifts of the spirit no and why am I saying that because I read somewhere in the Bible where James and John said to Jesus we saw someone casting out devils in your name and we forbade them because they don't follow us Jesus said that's okay if they're not against us they must be for us but then again he also turned around and he said many will say Lord Lord and I will say I never knew you and they're gonna say we have cast out devils in your name we have done this in your name and he's gonna say I never knew you why because just because you cast out a devil or just because you're operating in the gift of the Spirit, it means nothing to God because your heart doesn't have to be right. Your heart can be in a different place. And we're going to look at this tonight as we look at these particular three um, gifts, these three last gifts. So this is the final, like I said, installment of the study, the fruit of the Spirit. We come to the final three, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are connected as core discipleship qualities. God said to us, and I need to read this for you. If you would go with me to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. It's the last chapter in the Bible. And look what it says in Matthew 28. See, one of the things that we fail to realize, most people fail to realize, is it says, verse, chapter 28 and verse 19, it says, Verse it says, and Jesus, verse 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority have been given to me in heaven and on earth. Then he said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are supposed to be, be we, have, we were supposed to become disciples. You know, when the, when the disciples, when they first came and started hanging out with Jesus, they were first disciples which meant they were disciplined followers of Jesus Christ. And then after a while, after so long, he made them apostles. We are supposed to be making disciples every time we come before people of God. We are supposed to be teaching people how to be a disciple. And so that's why I said uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These, these three are connected as core discipleship qualities. If you have, if you have faithfulness, Faithfulness causes you to become a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Gentleness causes you to become a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And self-control causes you to do the same thing. Why am I saying that? Because when you begin to walk in faithfulness, and we're going to look at some scriptures that, that will uh, agree with what I'm saying, you will understand that we must be faithful to God at all times, no matter what goes on in our life. It, in other words, if I didn't sleep well last night, it makes me no different. If I woke up this morning, I better be faithful to God. Lord, I thank you for waking me up in my right mind. Lord, I thank you that I still have a roof over my head. Lord, I thank you that all the organs of my body is working in perfect condition. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that I can think, feel, and touch 
all my senses are functioning. We still, we need to be faithful to God. Uh, uh, if the earth is shaking and your house is shaking, you still need to be thankful to God. You got to be faithful because the Bible says that when you are faithless, God remains faithful. And so faithfulness is really a discipleship quality. Amen. And so um, uh, they flesh out the qualities needed for by someone who would be a devoted devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And that's what I was saying earlier. When you are faithful, you are a, a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, no matter what's going on around you. The first is pers pers persevering trust. You trust Jesus Christ no matter what. I don't care what's going on around you. You're going to trust God that he is able to bring you through whatever you are facing. I don't care what you're facing. You're a child of God. You got to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And that's where you remain faithful to him regardless of what you're going through. This uh, and so and then um, the second is surrender. We got to surrender our will to his will. And the third is discipline and obedience. So what am I saying? We, if we're going to become a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, guess what? We have to be disciplined. In other words, we're supposed to wake up every morning. Every morning we are supposed to wake up and give God the praise, the glory, and the honor. We got to discipline ourselves though. How do I, what do I mean by discipline myself? Well, I may want to stay up late and watch a movie, but because I know that I need to get up and pray, to slay some giants, to take authority over my neighborhood, to pray for some of my friends, family, whoever it may be, to pray against the wickedness that's going on in the government. In the morning before the sun rises, we need to go to bed early. You've got to be disciplined. So hopefully that's gonna make some change in your mindset if you're not doing that, amen? And we gotta walk in obedience. We gotta allow the Holy Spirit, we gotta say, God, I wanna pray your will. I wanna do your will. I wanna live for you. So when the Holy Spirit wakes you up at a certain time, even if you don't know what to pray, hopefully you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you will pray in the Spirit, amen? And so that's walking in obedience. I remember one time I was woken up, and this was when I was connected to Benny Hinn Ministry, and the Spirit of God said, get up and pray. I didn't know what I was praying for. Well, I started to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I prayed for about an hour, maybe two hours. I don't know, maybe two hours and a half. I have no idea because I can go a long time praying the Holy Ghost. And that evening, no, about two or three days later on, I heard Ben Hinn said that they were getting, the plane was getting ready to fall out of the sky. And the pilot had told them, look, I've done all that I could do. They were hollering, mayday, mayday, mayday. But because they, God dispatch people to pray because God had dispatched people to pray and the people that he called were obedient they were alive and so that's the thing about being disciplined and being obedient faithfulness is being diligent and tenaciously persevering to fulfill a trust given to me it is being true to my word to others especially consistently representing my fidelity to Christ in every detail as much as you can handle it as much as you're aware as much as maturity as you have to walk in discipline and to walk in in, in, in obedience this is this is what um, faithfulness is telling us to be it is a the quality of enduring and consistent reliability amen by the Holy Spirit our faithfulness is to reflect 
and witness to Christ's faithfulness to God. So, because we are in Christ, we were baptized in His death. We were we came back to life in His resurrection. We are seated in heavenly places with Him in the spirit realm. We may not, we may be down here, but that's what the Bible tells us. So then. God, Jesus was faithful to the Father, and we now must be faithful to the Father like Jesus is faithful to the Father. Amen? And so this is what it's talking about. And then it says, um, I want you to go with me to the book of Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11. I want you to show you something. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 20. I'm sorry, verse 11. Look what it says here. It says, 19 and 11. It says, I saw heaven open, and the the, the whole and, and the whole and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in the righteousness he judges and makes war and this we're talking here about Jesus Christ he was faithful in every area of his life and that's the reason why he was the only one that could go to the cross and shed his blood for your sins and mine amen glory be to God so we need to make sure that we understand these things because his name was faithful and true and here we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ amen now let's look at gentleness gentleness is first and foremost the necessary heartfelt condition of mind which humbly accepts and surrenders to the word and the will of our Heavenly Father you know many times we do not understand um, I think it's Proverbs chapter um, 15 and verse 1. It talks about a harsh, soft answer turns away wrath. Let me look at that. that the Lord just dropped that in my spirit. Proverbs 15 and 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word turns off anger. So what am I saying here? There's times when you have to correct somebody. But you got to do it with a gentle spirit. And some people allow their position to, to overrule the fruit of the spirit. And so they want to come to you and talk crazy to you. But that's not what God, God does not honor that. He wants you to, whatever you do, you must do it in gentleness. You know, and we got to make sure that we understand gentleness. And gentleness does not mean that you're weak. No. So we see here the Father, uh, um, so we understand that Christ with, uh, and, and so we understand that we have to uh, um, surrender to the word and the will of our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of positive faith. Meekness stands not from weakness, but from the inner strength. As they say, meekness is controlled strength, okay? So gentleness and meekness is basically the same word also. And so we see here that we we are not trying to, we're not letting you know that we are weak. We're not weak. We walk in controlled strength. Meekness and gentleness is controlled strength. We are, in other words, it's an inner strength that we walk in control to the obedience of God's will and to restrain self. Listen to this. When you walk in gentleness, you're restraining selfish ambition, you're restraining self-assertion, self hardness of heart, and resistance to God's will. When you walk in gentleness, this is the kind of heart you have. You are not looking for selfish ambition. You're not looking for self-assertion. There's many people 
Many people, it's sad to say, I'm not talking about the heathens because they don't know them. I'm talking about God's people. They're looking for self-assertion. If you don't tell them, uh, pat them on the back and, and say this and that, no, we don't need that. We're going to be rewarded one day and God is going to be glorified because we were walking without self-assertion. We don't need anybody to, to, you know, you don't need, I mean, it's nothing wrong with complimenting somebody, but some people live their whole life looking for self-assertion, assertion. Hardness of heart. They walk around with, even though they're, they are parading the fruit, the gift of the Spirit, but when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, they don't have it. And so all of this work that you're doing in the gift of the Spirit, God's going to, it's going to burn up. Your works are going to burn up because you, you may have done it in the gift of the Spirit, but you didn't do it with the fruit of the Spirit. You see, because it's the Holy Spirit that gives you that, that heart of surrender, that softness of heart, that, 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 that way in you to let you know that it's not you. Nothing that you do is about you. It's about the glory of God that's working through you. But you have so many people that do not understand that. And like I said, it's a lot of people that a lot of their work is going to be burned up because they did not operate in the fruit of the spirit amen and so um its essence is the eutistic surrender a joyful running to do god's will gentleness is exercised towards others by imitating the meekness of christ you know god, jesus was very wonderful he was meek now there were times when he had to check some folks and i'm not trying to tell you to be meek and let nobody walk over you I'm just saying that it says we're supposed to be imitating the meekness of Jesus Christ. And like I said, 90% of the time he was mellow. Amen. But he's not a pussycat. Just so you know. Jesus, no. Don't play with Jesus. <laughs> anyway, such meekness is especially needed when correcting or admonishing others. And that's what I was saying earlier. A lot of times, it's not what you say to people. It's how it comes across. I know I had to learn that because in the world I had to check folks when they used to work for me. But I have to learn now that in the in the kingdom, you, you're dealing with sheep and you're dealing with the spirit of offense. And, and, and you have to be careful how you deal with God's people. And if he's long-suffering with them, you got to be long-suffering. You can't be rigid and you cannot be hardship and no you got to learn how to be just like jesus jesus tolerates you until you are ready to come in so you got to tolerate people until they get it so what you do is you just keep praying for them until they get it because some people are slower than others amen and so so it's it is it is generally the to characterize our dealing with everyone even the unbeliever uh, I think uh, Paul told Timothy to the wives, even if your husband is not saved, you're the meekness that the, how you handle your husband that's going to draw them, and that's what we were talking about earlier when we talked about kindness and goodness. The goodness of God draws people into repentance. When you treat somebody good, they are going to see that that love of God inside of you 
and they will want to change their attitude, their behavior. They will want to know, well, I need, maybe I need what you have. And, and if you, what you have is you have Jesus Christ. You have the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so this is one of the things that I just want to make sure that we understand today because so many of God's people are so full of it. They operate, they're great. They might be great preachers. They might be great prophets, uh, apostles, or whatever title you want to give yourself. But you do not know how to operate in the fruit of the Spirit. And that's what's going to cause you to lose rewards on Judgment Day. When you get to heaven and you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, your works will burn up because you did not do it in the fruit of the Spirit and God is not going to look at you very kindly. And so, uh, one of the things that, that I say is because according to um, Matthew 11, 28 and 30, and we need to go there for a minute, please. Matthew 28, I'm sorry, Matthew 11, 28 through 30, look what the Bible says. And this is what lets you know why you have to work with people. Because Jesus knew what he was talking about and that's why he put this scripture here look what it says it says come to me all you who labor and are heaven laden i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls and my for my yoke is easy and and my 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 burden is light then why would jesus put that particular scripture there well guess why I believe it's because it's very difficult to deal with sheep. Some people will be sheep for the rest of their life. They will never graduate into being a son. Some, you know, it's like you have two, you, you may have twins. One twin is stronger than the other. You may have two children. One is gonna achieve more than the other. And these are the things, if we're gonna be leaders, or even if you're not a leader in the church, if you are gonna do anything in the kingdom, you have to learn how to work with God's people. So what God is saying, after you've exercised the characteristic of, of trying to be kind to people and, and be good to people and be gentle to people, they will wear your nerve. However, Jesus said, come to me, all you who, are, who have labor and heavy laden. Laden with what? Stress from other folk. People can stress you out. But this is part of what we live. This is why Jesus did not condemn the woman that was caught in the in the in the in adultery this is why jesus forgave so many people because he understood that we are just dust in the book of deuteronomy and exodus and he said he didn't punish us so many times because he remembered that we're dust we're dust and some of us have never graduated from the old man, even though you have a new man inside of you, even though you have the Spirit of God, it's like you got to kick somebody in their booty in order to read the Word. And it's the Word that strengthens you and the Word that empowers you. The Word is a sharp and it's two-edged sword and it's the Word. And that's why we, at the last week in every month, we have Minister Brooks to come on the, on the uh, Facebook to help those that reads her Bible. She gets more more hits than I do with me teaching, but so many people need somebody to work with them and to read the Bible. And so because some people have never developed 
a systematic way of reading the Bible. They never develop a system. And that's why we, not, we must learn how to be disciplined. And that's what we were talking about earlier. So it's so necessary for us to be disciplined so that we can learn how to read. Because it's the Bible that's going to keep you strong in order to walk this walk, people of God. And so, so he said, come to me, all ye here, weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what, what Jesus is telling us right now is, look, I understand what you're going through. I know how it is. I understand that this is the way it is. These are my sheep. Teach them right. Let me show you something. Look at John chapter 21. And this is very powerful right here. Very powerful. John 21. Look what it says. And Jesus was trying to restore Peter. But this is a very perfect scripture for what we're talking about right now. He said... He said, Peter, um, here we go. Thank you. Um, John chapter 21, verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yeah, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He, sa he, he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that, uh, that I love you. And he said, Feed my sheep. So what was happening here? Jesus was trying to tell Peter that you have lambs, you have sheep, and you, look, he says, first you have, he said, uh, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, and feed my sheep. What, when you're born into the kingdom, you're a lamb, you're a baby, Christian. But then you, you go from a lamb and you become a sheep. You grow up. But unfortunately, most people never get beyond being a sheep. And what am I saying? According to Romans chapter 14 and verse 6, it says, those that are led by the Spirit of God, those that operate in the gift, the fruit of the Spirit, become sons of God. So if you never allow the, the Word of God to, to, to function and, and help you to grow up, then you will remain a sheep. But Jesus already knew this, and that's why he told Peter. Now, like I said, he was restoring Peter because Peter denied Jesus three times. But uh, the Holy Spirit dropped that, that particular scripture into my spirit, and I believe that this is perfect for what we're talking about. We got to learn how to be kind and gentle to the sheep. Amen? And so, um, so then uh, also... We got to remind, remind them to subject to rulers. Okay, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. Um, back to 2 Corinthians 10 and 1. 2 Corinthians 10 and 1. 
look what the scripture is telling us here. It says, Now Paul, now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the mercies and the gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and am built towards, bold towards you. But I beg you that when I am present, that when I'm present, I may not be whole, be bold with that confidence in which I intend to be bold against you, who think of us as we walk according to the flesh. But my main scripture was talking about by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. So we need to make sure that we try to be kind and, and good to God's people because Jesus told them, uh, woe to one of you if you um, hurt one of these little ones that if you tie, you might tie a millstone around your neck, you, you know, you might be drowned. So, but, but all of that is, is, is not necessarily where I'm going. I'm trying to get you to see the necessity of being, um, being meek and, 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 and we're talking here about gentleness and meekness. And we're also talking about, um, um, what I said, we're talking here about faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so as we dive into this last one, as we dive into this, as we close, the last characteristic listed in Galatians 5 and 22 and 23 as the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. The fruit of the Spirit in, is the change in our character that comes, because, comes about because of the Holy Spirit work in us as we allow we have to allow the holy spirit to work in us he is not going to force you he's not going to push you he wants you to give him permission you know i just praise god for our our relationship that we have in our religion which we don't have a religion we have a relationship with with jesus christ with the father through jesus christ the point is that we are not forced to do anything we're not forced to do nothing. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And if you allow him, if you allow him to build up your character so that you can walk and live and operate in the fruit of the Spirit, all you're doing is you're adding to yourself. You're adding consistently to yourself. So we see here that self-control is this last one, and it, it's to build up our character as God works, as Jesus, as the Spirit of God works in us. We do not become Christians on our own, and we cannot grow on our own. We cannot grow on our own. We need the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Not just any Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The one that Jesus sent when He left us. He said, I won't leave you orphan, but I will send you another who will teach you. The Holy Spirit is our teacher, our guide. He's our strengthener. He's our comforter. He does all these things for us, and he's the one that's helped us. Look at, look at Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, and look what it says. Philippians 2 and 13. It says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, for his good pleasure. For his good pleasure. So we see here, this is not about you. If you allow the Spirit of God to work in you, it's going to build up your character. You're going to have the characteristics of Jesus Christ. And that's why the Scripture tells us all the time, 
let this mind be in you which was also in Christ. The, 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 the word of God also says, let the word dwell in you richly. So we got to make sure that we understand these things. Glory be to God. Um, every good thing we do is the fruit of the Spirit work in our lives. Everything that you do good is because of the fruit of the Spirit. Self-control as a fruit of the Spirit is a bit of a paradox. How can the ability to control oneself be the result of being controlled by someone else? Okay? Again, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to rule and reign in our life. And how do we do that? By staying in the Word, reading the Word, studying the Word, applying the Word to our life, doing the Word or applying the Word. In other words, we're not supposed to just read the Word. Joshua 1 and 8 says, This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, and then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So if you want good success, you got to allow the Holy Spirit to rule and reign in your life. How do I let the Holy Spirit rule and reign in my life? By feeding Him with the Word. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. He's the one that's going to keep off the enemy from off of you. And He's the one that's going to help you to go the right way. He's, he's going to tell you the right way to go. He's not going to cause you to go in the wrong way. But you have to feed yourself on the Word so that He can be strong. Do you know how many saints have the fruit, have the Spirit of God inside of you and He is dormant? He is dead almost in them. Not dead, but... He's there, but because they never open their Bible, they never read the Word, they never worship God, they never do anything, so they have the, they were given the Holy Spirit when they were born again, but no operation going on. No operation. And that's not going to be pleasing to God. So, um, the Bible teaches that in a certain sense, the believer has no free will. The un I'm sorry, the unbeliever has no free will. The unbeliever has no free will. You know why? He is led by the God of this world, Satan. The reason why there is so much killing and so much thievery and so much homosexuality and so much adultery and so much all kinds of stuff that's going on, all the wickedness that's going on in the capital and in, 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 in Washington, D.C., and all the stuff that's going on, who do you think is leading those it's the God of this world. They're in darkness. They think they have a free will, but they don't. They're being led by a spirit, and it's the spirit of the wicked one. That's who is leading them. Satan is leading them. Amen. There are influences beyond their control. Unbelievers are slaves to sin, just like we were before we got saved. We were slaves to sin. Amen. And that's why we got to pray for the unbelievers. Romans chapter 6 and verse 16 through 20. We need to go there. I'm almost finished. Romans chapter 6 verse 16 through 20. Look what the Bible says. 6. It says, Do you not know that to whom... You present yourself slave to obey. You are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, you yet you obeyed him from the heart 
that form of doctrine to whom you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when we were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So when you were slaves, the, the, the unbeliever are slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are slaves to Jesus Christ. We're his, he's our master and we are his servants. Amen. So our sin nature predetermines us to choose selfish, harmful, and, 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 and nothingness behavior. And our fallen word aids the process. Without Christ, we are not free to completely release our thoughts and actions from sinful influence and simply choose what is good. Without Jesus Christ, we're nothing. We can't. It is impossible because the God of this world is leading you. But when you have been born again and you have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you and you feed Him, and it's not a it, it's a Him. He's the third person of the Godhead. Then you are able to walk in holiness, in righteousness. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. As he works in a believer's life, the fruit, of, the fruit or result is that the believer is able to put away, to pull away from elements of the sinful nature and make a truly independent choice. That is the first step to, of self-control. Amen. Self-control, it is very important. Self-control. If you can beat long-suffering, you can work with self-control. Amen? Because self-control causes you to overlook stuff that people do. Again, it brings you into meekness. It brings you into faithfulness. It brings you into gentleness. The, the, the free self then has choice to make, and he finds that the range of choice has broadened. Instead of choosing one sin over another, the new man in Christ can make choices based on love of God and rooted in the wisdom of God. I'm telling you, we need to make sure that we begin to operate in the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. A decision made in freedom of self-control will do what it can to ensure future freedom. Whatever we follow, Whenever we follow unhealthy appetites or society's lies, we limit our options in the future. I need to say that again. Whenever we follow unhealthy appetites or society's lies, we limit our options in the future. What am I saying? My God, my God, I have to drop this in. Everybody wants us to take a shot. They're trying to kill you so that you do not have the opportunity to go out and preach the gospel. You better seek God's face. 
before you go out and do something stupid. A sinful act is another step down a dead end road. A sinful act is another step down a dead end road. The more steps we take, the harder it gets to make an independent choice in the future. If we keep going down the dead end road, we're gonna have a hard time to make the right choices for the future. Amen. And should Jesus tarry? Should he tarry? We need to be out here to preach the gospel. We need to bring in the souls. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14, look what it says. I need to read that. The Holy Spirit just dropped that in my spirit. It says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. So we need to make sure that we protect ourselves, feed the Holy Spirit, walk in the fruit of the Spirit so that we can do the will of God because this is what it's all about. It's all about souls, people of God. You cannot receive the fruit of the Spirit unless you are born again. So are you born again? If you're not born again, I would love for you to call me and I would love to pray for you or we can do it right now. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a savior. I am sorry for my sins. I know, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he went to the cross and shed his blood and died for the sins of the world, the sin of the world. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins and I ask you to come into my heart. I will live for you as you show me how. If you have said that prayer, please call me at 323-293-7566 or go to our website gfdjc.org and leave a prayer uh, pray report and let me know and we will send you literature that's going to help you in your walk with Christ if you need the Holy Spirit that's what you have to do you cannot have the fruit of the Spirit without being born again the fruit of the Spirit only come to those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So again, I thank you for listening. May God bless you and keep you. Also want you to know, if you haven't downloaded our app, you can download our personal app from the ministry. It's GFDJC. Um, you go to your app store and you download the app and you will see, you will listen to all of our podcasts. You will see what we have and know all about the ministry and know what we believe. And then you will be able to come and visit with us whenever you choose to. And you can also give online if you choose to do so. God bless you. We love you. Until we meet again. Goodbye.